ho ho and welcome to a very festive special episode of Total Pop Mode. My name is Will and I also go by Hoodafunk and I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host and fellow gaming enthusiast, James, aka Mr. Babes. What's going on, you ravishingly refreshing reindeer? We hope you've been good boys and girls this year, as we're back with another Christmas special. Returning once again to break our usual podcast traditions by basting our listeners' ears with Christmas cheer, stuffing your stockings with seasonal sentiments, and glazing this episode with gift-wrapped glad tidings. Now, I hate to start off on a sad note, but if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you might remember the tragedy that took place last year when James... Uh, what did I do? Well, for starters, you mistook Santa for an intruder and shot him. Hey, hey, hey. We both thought he was an intruder. It just so happened I had a gun at the time. Well, so in that case, you, quite literally, pulled the trigger on that one. I was trying to protect us, man. Protect us from what, James? Christmas cheer? Let's not get into the blame game again. It was an honest accident. Nevertheless, I have been a little worried about the state of Christmas this year. Given the fact that we offed Santa last year, you really can't have Christmas without Santa. And I bet the elves are completely lost without their leader and employer. And with the elves jobless, who's going to make all the presents? I I don't know, man. Why are you asking me? It's not like I'm Santa. You say that, but you are looking a little grey on the top there, buddy. And I honestly don't remember you having a beard last week. And a white one at that. It looks like you've aged about 40 years since the last episode. Well, first of all, go f*** yourself. But, I have got to admit, I have been feeling a little weird since last week. And I did develop this nasty cough. (coughs) Whoa, that really is some cough. In all honesty, I've been feeling really strange the last couple of days. (coughs) What, like, is in sick? Nah, not really, man. Just strangely festive. Like, I've been feeling weirdly compelled to hand out gifts and sing along to Christmas carols. That's weird. Based on last year's episode, it really didn't seem like you were into the whole Christmas thing. I know, I know. And now, in the run-up to Christmas, I keep catching myself humming along to the Christmas songs on the radio. And I even bought myself a little decorated Christmas tree this year. It definitely sounds like something's up. Have you been drinking enough? (sighs) I mean, these days I really only find myself wanting to drink milk and the occasional sherry. Sherry? What's up with you? Are you at least eating anything? Yeah, you know. Mostly just cookies, biscuits, occasional mince pie. Okay, something is definitely going on with you. But I suppose the biscuit-only diet does explain the considerable and sudden weight gain. Weight gain? (laughs) (coughs) What do you mean, weight gain? Well, I didn't want to be rude, but the chair you sat in before recorded sounded like it was about to give in. Well, I guess I do have a little bit more meat on my bones than last week, but... Who doesn't enjoy a little extra munching at this time of year? Yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. But in your case, it looks like you've taken up a new career as a mukbang YouTuber. What the f*** is this intro, man? It's meant to be the Christmas special, and for the past couple of minutes, all you've done is tell me I look old and overweight. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. It's just, I wasn't expecting this very sudden transition for you. And I've got to say, this all seems kind of suspicious to me. Suspicious? How? Well, have you ever seen that movie, The Santa Claus? where Tim Allen accidentally kills Santa, and then he wakes up to find out that he's turning into Santa himself? Now you say it, that does ring a bell. Or maybe jingles a bell. Ho ho ho! Good one. But I'm still not convinced. 
all sounds at most like a big coincidence, and, and if we're speaking honestly, it seems more like a poorly thought out and highly derivative plot device to tenuously link back to Christmas and what happened last year. I don't know about all of that, man. But as far as I can see, you're turning into Santa Claus. Oh, ho, 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 no. Don't worry, man. Last you mentioned, we were on pretty good terms with Shaman, bro, right? After you helped him link up with Donnie? Maybe he could help us out again. I mean, here's my guy and all, but I, I'm not convinced Christmas magic and voodoo magic are all that similar. I mean, are you sure it's a transferable skill set? Ah, oh, man. What could go wrong? Just call him up now, and hopefully we can get something sorted in time for the big day. After all, do you really want to have to drop off all those presents across the world yourself? Absolutely not, so I suppose you're right. Okay, okay. Let me call Shaman, bro. Merry Christmas! Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, hey man, what's good? Yeah, yeah, good to hear from you too, man. Hey, hey, listen, buddy. We found ourselves in a little bit of a pickle again. Look, I know it's not great timing, but we really need your help. Any chance you can make it over tonight? It's Christmas Eve now, and without you, I'm not sure Christmas is even going to happen this year. Uh, yeah, he's here. What's he saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, don't worry about him. I'll, I'll make sure it happens. See you later, bro. Go on, what did he say? You're not gonna like this, but Shaman Bro said he'll only agree to help fix this Santa curse if we agree that Shaman Bro can perform the ritual live on the podcast. What? Ugh, fine. But only because this is an emergency. We can probably just edit out most of his parts anyway. Exactly, it should be fine. And, and if he goes a little off script, we, we can just edit it out. Okay, man, well, now that's kind of sorted, I do feel a bit better about this Christmas episode. I just hope Shaman Bro pulls through and manages to help us save Christmas this year. You and me both, man. As much as I'm starting to feel the festivities, I really want to be back to my normal Scroogey self. With Shaman Bro on his way, I guess we'd better roll on with the rest of the show before he arrives. Coming up this episode, we'll take a break from games and talk a little about our plans this Christmas, send each other some gifts to show we care, and round off the episode with a hopefully successful Santa curse removal. Before all of that though, let's roll on with the socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, or one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPF. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. <laughs> So kicking off the next unconventional section of the pod, uh, we're moving on to Christmas traditions. And this is one that I wanted to talk a little bit about this year, because unlike last year, I'm actually going to be spending this one in Norway. So I'll be getting down with some of the more typical Norwegian Christmas traditions. 
And I thought that it would be a cool thing to talk about to explore some of the things that I'll be getting up to this Christmas. Yeah, it does sound really interesting. What's, what sort of Christmas traditions do they have that might differ from some of our own? I think one of the bigger traditions is that Christmas isn't really just kind of Christmas Day or rather Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, three days like it is in England. It's a much more kind of prolonged period. So just for instance, uh, it's pretty traditional. They do have celebrations on the 25th, but they also have their big day on the 24th as well, like they do in a lot of other places in Europe. And then after Christmas, pretty much from the 26th until the 30th is just called like the second Yule Dag, the third Yule Dag, oh, wow. Yule Dag. And so, so plenty on. of Christmas days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Christmas Eve, the 24th is known as Yule Often, which pretty much directly translates to Christmas Eve. But then interestingly, there's a couple of days running up to Christmas as well. So on the 23rd, you've got Lille Yule Often, which just means little Christmas Eve. And then after that, they even go an extra step and they have Bitte Lille Yule Often, <laughs> which is, uh, I guess, kind of directly translates to teeny tiny Christmas Eve. Teeny tiny Christmas Eve. Yeah, I don't really know a better translation for that, but that, that's pretty much what that means. You know, in England, we typically have a, a shorter period, three days tops, really. And even then, Christmas Eve isn't really used for much more else than maybe getting a takeaway, getting nice and levered and wrapping up the presents before the big day. <laughs> I don't know yeah, about Chris, you. Christmas Eve's one for the kids, I think. I was going to ask you about all these uh, little days and teeny tiny evenings and whatnot. Um, <laughs> is that all spent with family still? Because I can sort of see that if it's like a huge family time or is it often just do what you want? Yeah, it is quite a, a close family time during all of that. Unlike in England where, uh, you know, a lot of very keen families end up putting up their Christmas decorations really early. You would typically actually do that, I think, on the 23rd. So it's it's pretty much a couple of days before Christmas. In those days as well, you'll probably be baking a lot of cakes and biscuits, uh, making the gingerbread house, uh, which we'll come back to a little bit later on. And also just doing a bit of like cleaning the house preparation as well, because Christmas tends to be an affair where you have quite a few people over. Over all of those days, you have family, guests, relatives, just you know neighbors and stuff like that popping yeah in. And you've got to have a tidy gingerbread house for that yeah of course yeah, yeah you've got to have a clean gingerbread house a clean regular house <laughs> um and, and plenty of you know things to serve yeah, yeah. and stuff like that to, to hang Makes out with sense. people on the big day though uh there's a there's a couple interesting things that happen on the big day itself on good old yule dog oh you're a fluent norwegian speaker yes yeah, so it must must be this whole santa curse thing dude i just can now speak all languages apparently learned all scandinavian <laughs> languages i apologize for how <laughs> my accent probably was norwegians that may be listening hey he's, he's still a santa in training at this point people yeah. he's still got another another day to go before he hits the real deal <laughs> or at least uh well hopefully uh, we not hope, buddy, we're yeah. hoping that's not the case yeah. Yeah. one of the things that you can do to kick off the day is everyone sits around uh, and shares a bowl of rice porridge if anyone's had something similar to rice pudding in england it's very similar to that but one of the christmas traditions there is that they'll hide a little almond inside the rice pudding you do have to eat with a little bit of caution yeah. it has to be said that was going to be my question because i know i just munched through the almond <laughs> but the person who wins the almond uh, at that point is presented with a molded marzipan pig okay and uh, <laughs> that symbolizes good luck for the for the coming year and, and do you eat the pig it's a lot of marzipan to eat so unless you're a huge fan of marzipan then it's kind of more like a symbolic thing i couldn't tell you why it's a molded marzipan pig specifically but i do know that the reason for it is like a symbol of good luck for the coming year that's fair which enough is, uh, a nice thing to have you know you're a lucky guy if you get the almond in the rescrut <laughs> which is what they call the uh, <laughs> that was that was my turn to have a terrible pronunciation there. It's pronounced like uh, in the rescrut, yeah, yeah, in the rescrut, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so that is uh, that's rice porridge or uh, or rice pudding if you're used to uh, that instead. Yeah, the proper way you said it sounds a lot tastier than rescrew. That sounds like an orc's name. So uh, another thing, uh, a lot of people go to church still quite traditionally on Christmas Day, and it's not even necessarily a thing that you do if you are a religious family. It's kind of a it's a celebratory thing. It's a festive thing. Uh, obviously, you know the, the priest is uh, you know preaching. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it is a church congregation sort of thing. But a lot of the families go that aren't typically religious themselves, and it's more of a kind of like a traditional thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that happens over here as well a little bit. Not so much these days. Yeah, but... you're probably right. Actually, a lot. A lot of people that don't typically go to church yeah. may well go for a church service over Christmas. Yeah. Dinner is uh, this is uh, this is the part of the day where everyone typically gets quite dressed up. Some people in Norway would wear their bunad, which is uh, like a kind of a, a piece of attire that is specific to the region of Norway that you come from. It's got a lot of adornments, lots of silver jewelry around it, and things like that. It's a very traditional dress or a suit, like a kilt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In terms of like historical significance and things like that. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Um, a little bit like a German Lederhosen as well. Got, yeah, Not in yeah. terms of style. No, but in um, terms but of what it represents, thing, yeah. like your family, absolutely. your clan, your whatever. Right. Exactly that. That's kind of cool. But yeah, very different to over here because we just f***ing dress up in trackies and get drunk, right? So Exactly. Well, yeah, no, I was a little bit worried that I was just exposing my kind of regular scumbag self that I just sit there in my trackies and my diehard Christmas jumper <laughs> and, uh, and uh, sit, there at the, sit there at the table. Um, I will probably probably stick to my diehard Christmas jumper. I think that that's kind of like a deal breaker situation for me is the diehard jumper stays on during Christmas day. Hey, you've got to have some of your own traditions, even in the midst exactly. of others, right? <laughs> yeah. But dinner is actually a pretty nice ordeal. It's something to really look forward to. Um, a couple of the traditional things that you'll have uh, is a dish called Pinnasheths, which is something that I'm not actually a super big fan of, but it's like a very salty, steamed and uh, brined lamb that you get. It's like a lamb rib. You often serve that with steamed potatoes, pickled cabbage, swede mash. I'm about pickled cabbage and swede mash. I think that the thing that I typically look forward to the most on a Christmas meal or one of the Christmas meals is the ribba, which is just a, a large side of pork all scored up with all of the skin and fat. So oh, you yeah. get absolutely masses of crackling. There's loads of tender meat underneath. All the fat has been uh, kind of like melted out a lot of the time. So it's just really, really soft bits of pork. And that is absolutely my favorite part of a Christmas dinner. Sigrid's folks uh, are actually really good at cooks and her mum makes the best aruba and steamed potatoes that I've ever had, honestly. Oh, nice. um, steamed potatoes, it doesn't really sound like the most exotic thing. No. Really. You, you haven't tried old steamed potatoes. Oh, <laughs> fair. Okay. <laughs> piece for piece, there's probably fewer components than an English Christmas dinner, but there's plenty to go around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake. So you asked a little bit about Christmas traditions that differ um, yes. from what we do in England. And I guess a, a couple of the big things that I'll point out or kind of note, it's pretty traditional to have a, a dance around the Christmas tree. Um, this isn't considered something that just children might do. This is something that the grown-ups get involved with as well, to varying degrees of sobriety. But you tend to just kind of like link arms and have a little have a little swag around the Christmas tree and uh, good times ensue. And speaking of the trees, um, they can look a little bit different in Norway as well. I think it's becoming less of a thing now, but I think that it's pretty traditional to have actually just a bunch of Norwegian flags all around your Christmas tree as well. I think the national pride there is pretty strong, considering that it wasn't all that long ago that they were occupied by Sweden. So I think that their kind of national pride comes out 
And uh, they actually have, instead of tinsel, you'll often see just chains of Norwegian flags all around the tree. Like bunting? Yeah, kind of like, yeah, just flag bunting. Yeah, yeah that goes around the tree. Yeah, yeah. They do have lights and things like that. But unlike the tree that I try and get here, which is like a various colored lights tree with lots of different colored baubles, and it kind of looks like a child has just attacked it yeah. with Christmas decorations. Um, it's a little bit more tasteful. Right. <laughs> so, in a way, uh, I could admit that um you know but uh it's really up to personal preference sort of how you want to how you want to do it but what i will say is yeah it's a very tidy looking tree in norway very tasteful no multicolored lights and things like no that. garish tinsel. Uh, and expensive decorations yeah. <laughs> no tinsel no, no tinsel no way uh, <laughs> just norwegian flags is everywhere. it even a tree really if there's no tinsel on it <laughs> <laughs> we tend to take turns uh over in england uh which tree we have each year so one year we'll have like a, a norwegian tree we don't go the whole hog and do the norwegian flags but we do kind of like cut back on the decorations do a bit of color coordination yeah, yeah. And then we have one year where, as I say, it literally just looks like I took a bunch of Christmas decorations, just dumped it over top and whatever landed, landed. Fair play. I mean, <laughs> respect. And also, to be fair, respect to the tradition of like what you've just explained there about the flags and why it is with the independence of Sweden. I can respect that. I'll move us back onto kind of like the after Christmas dinner feel now. We're kind of taking you on a chronological journey through the Norwegian Christmas day. So is this still the first Yuldag or is this now on to second to fifth? Pretty much the waking up, the rice porridge, the going to church, all of this is on Yuldag, yeah, right. Christmas Day, including uh, getting your Christmas dinner, and then you'll move on to kind of coffee and cake section afterwards. Oh, hell yeah. There is no kind of cheese board thing that we do over in England, typically, or maybe that's just a family tradition of my own. I'm not a cheese guy, so... Right, fair enough. So for yeah. me, it's not that instead of having like a, a big Christmas pudding and stuff like that, you'll instead have just an assortment of biscuits that have been cooked throughout all of these days running up to Christmas. And it's a pretty widely held tradition as well that you'll have at least seven different types of, of biscuits and cakes assorted for the guests. Similar to the marzipan pig, um, it's it's a lucky number. Uh, so again, it's just kind of like a, a good luck thing, yeah. I guess. I don't know what happens. Is your Christmas ruined if you have eight different kinds of biscuits? Yeah. or what if you have 13? At that point, yeah, the whole of next year is just cursed, I think. So as you can imagine, it's a pretty like heavy food day as well. And, yeah. You know, uh, uh, typically you'll be drinking as well quite a bit throughout all of this. And uh, the only thing keeping you awake at that point is the coffee. <laughs> Any traditional Norwegian drinks they have at Christmas? Yeah, actually, great question. Uh, they do. They have actually a specific drink called Julebrus, and they have a couple different variants of it. Christmas Bruce. Christmas Bruce. Exactly that. Christmas soda. Oh, it's Bruce soda. Bruce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's, it's a very hard to define flavour, I find. It's a very sweet drink. It is good. I prefer the red version of it. But again, I really couldn't point my finger on exactly what that tastes like. It's kind of got a taste that I can only really compare to something like Tizer, which again is kind of like unquantifiable by yeah. human standards. You just don't know what that is. There's one uh, very last thing that I forgot to mention is, is that that gingerbread house that you uh, start off making in one of the days running up to Christmas... And this kind of follows typically before New Year's. You take a hammer to that motherfucker. Oh, wow. <laughs> like a sledgehammer be... or like a hammer hammer? Like a claw like hammer? A, like a regular kind of domestic Jokes. hammer. That's... <laughs> Uh, you smack the shit out of that and uh, bring it to the ground. I'm not really sure what that's about, but it is definitely a, a widely held tradition to uh, destroy your gingerbread house, you know, as Christmas closes off. Do you munch it afterwards or do you just bash it into dust? Well, I mean, by that point, it could have potentially been sitting around between anywhere to like a couple days to sometime over a week. So I didn't answer the question. It's stale well. and dusty at that You're not point. not answering the question. <laughs> you always take a few nibbles, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, I don't think you actually go ahead and eat the entirety of the gingerbread house yeah. i don't know about that <laughs> 
So yeah, I, you know, I figured it'd be a little uh, fun thing to take people through uh, what a typical Norwegian Christmas day looks like, or, or at least a, a typical Norwegian Christmas day looks like, according to me. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the days that I've got ahead of me. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to have a blast. Okay, man. Uh, so with Christmas Day in Norway wrapped up for me, uh, I think it's time that we moved on to the gift giveaway. <laughs> So here we are once again, the gift giveaway. People that were with us last year may remember the gifts that we got ourselves last year. Yes, indeed they might remember uh, the gifts that we traded last year. It's time to find out, did James buy me a load of perverted games that I didn't really play all that much, much less alone jerk myself off to? Yes, and we find out if Will got me another game where it's also a sex game, but the achievements don't even work, so there's no point playing it for any reason. And... To be fair, it didn't really sound like there was much sex in that game either. No, there wasn't. Yeah, the pictures, it was meant to unlock pictures of like naked devils whenever you beat a level and like the first picture I got was fully clothed. Disappointed! So we find out, I guess, this year whether either of us have learned to be nicer or if we're just going to do each other in again. (laughs) So I'm going first. And uh, I have got you a few games with the budget this year. Ooh, a few games. Okay, okay. We're upping the count from last year. I'm a lucky boy. Well, are you? Well, am I? (laughs) I don't know. We're about to find out. So the first game I got you, I must confess, I've not played myself, but it is a game that my friend Daniele has spoken very highly of. He actually sort of recommended I get it. Okay, okay, that's a good start. There's a couple of mechanics in it that I'm personally not into, but I think that you do quite like. And without going too much into spoilers before I reveal what it is, but the game basically involves you preparing yourself for your journey in various ways, going out and dealing with the treacheries of said journey. The first game I've got you, Will, I don't know if you've heard of it, is Outward, the definitive edition. No, I've never heard of that before at all, actually. That's a completely new one on me, I think. It's not one I'd heard of before, but speaking to Daniele about it, He says that the combat's pretty decent, but you have to really prepare for every single journey you go on. So you have to craft your stuff. You have to make sure you've got all your gear and stuff in order so that you can survive. It's nice to get a gift that is something that's completely unfamiliar yeah and uh you know something that will be something new to get into it definitely sounds like it's up my street what are some of the core mechanics do you know is it a third person combat game first person combat game how does it work i believe it's third person not not dissimilar to souls likes in combat but again i've not played it myself so pure conjecture but that's what i believe it is i don't know if it's like strictly open world but it obviously must have some open world elements because you go from your town having prepared for your journey and then you have to go deal with the journeys right okay. um, i don't know if it has linear quest structure or if it's just being an adventurer and letting your adventure unfold as you go out and find stuff to do but by all accounts it's a good time nice one man thank you very much so yes outward definitive edition that's my first gift to you this year I'm starting off nicely. Oh, you're... Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Is it going downhill from here on out? We'll have to see. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, then. Keep your secrets. Um. Well, I guess I'll, I'll take the reins now and uh, tell you about the first gift that I've got you. Uh, So the game that I decided to pick up for you is a game called Lethal Company. And I don't know whether that's a familiar game for you. Are you aware of this game at all? I think I've seen it when scrolling through game sale things and being like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Maybe looking at it and and just moving on. So this is a fairly newish release. Oh, then it won't be that then. Then no, I don't know about it. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, this game is actually currently in early access. It's a uh, a very small studio game, uh, low budget game. It's got uh, a bunch of jank to it, which I feel has quite a lot of charm personally. It focuses around a team of astronauts who are contracted to be on a planet recovering a certain amount of scrap and junk metal uh, from the base that you're on. And you need to fulfill a certain amount of quota of this scrap metal that you'll find whilst exploring in order for the company that employs you to not end your contracts and therefore your lives. So you really are fighting for survival on this environment that you need to run around finding junk and scrap that you can feed into the machine. That all sounds well and dandy, but also perhaps a little bit boring. And one of the main standout points of this is some of the enemies in the game that are really interestingly designed. There's an enemy in the game that is, for the most part, uh, non-lethal. They'll leave you alone. They're just there to spook you. Uh, however, if you start taking their junk and their scrap, then they will start to pursue you and attack you and kill you very quickly. And they can be bargained with. You can use other objects in the game of perhaps lesser value to give to them to hold on to, and then you can take their scrap. That's just one of the ways that you can navigate this enemy. There's another enemy in the game that will often lurk in dark corners behind doors, and it will latch onto you the moment that you walk into the room and lurk behind you and hide behind you until you suddenly turn around and notice it and it will scare the shit out of you every time uh, because it really does just kind of stick to you almost as if it's your shadow uh, and if you do notice it and spend too much time looking at it similar to a minecraft enderman it will come after you right as well one of the really technically impressive enemies that I've seen in the game will actually record your in-game voice chat and repeat it back to you in the game as if it's one of your buddies nearby. That's a little creepy. Very creepy. So one of the core components of this game is around the cooperative gameplay. Um, so it's a game that I'll absolutely be picking up myself so that we can have some good times in this. You might hear me speaking to you inside our little space station, telling you where to go and doing stuff. But then at one point, you might hear my voice coming around a corner from you, telling you to go over there and do something. Obviously, easier to pick up on if it's just me and you playing. But if you're playing with a group of people larger than that, it can be very confusing. Yeah, that sounds really gnarly. There's some spooky stuff in this game. It's classed as a cooperative horror game about scavenging at abandoned moons to sell scrap to what's known as the company. And the reason why I got you this game was pretty much due to its popularity alone, really. It just looked like a really interesting one for us to potentially play together. I really liked the look of the enemy design. I really liked the kind of janky charm that it has. And I thought that this could genuinely be quite a fun one to uh, to play together and potentially on my part to even do a bit of streaming. Fair. Well, I, I must be living under a rock then because I don't believe I have heard of this. Yeah, no, fair. I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out, man. Sounds cool. It's a unique one to play. You'll definitely feel like you're playing a breath of fresh air for however long the gimmick lasts. Fair. So yeah, man, I hope you enjoy playing that. And with that said, I'm ready for another gift if you're ready well, to give I'm ready one. ready for another gift, eh? I am. Well, the next game I've got you is one that I, I'm pretty sure you've definitely played before. I don't know if you own it, but uh, I know that you know it's a good time and I don't really need to say anything more other than to tell you that it's uh, the original Max Payne. Oh, awesome, man. That is one that I haven't played in a long, long time. Yeah. The last time I played that was back on the PlayStation 2, so uh, that's going to be a real retro blast to the exactly. past. Exactly. The originators, I believe, of bullet time mechanics yeah i think so yeah yeah if not one of the very earliest it's an early pioneer 100%. Of, yeah and uh, an all-round good time has got a little bit of jank to it being an older game but again as you say that can be really charming and i think it is in this game honestly it's been so long since i actually played this that my memories of the game are really really far and few between looking very much forward to bullet timing my way through various settings and scenarios exactly i haven't played it in years either and i never got far in it but I remember the mechanics being fun, so enjoy, dude. Okay, man, are you ready for gift number two? 
Oh, if there's a gift number two, I'm here for it. I haven't gone quite all out uh, like you did this year. I haven't sprung for free gifts. Uh, so this will be your second and final one. Stingy. <laughs> so the second game I bought for you is a little bit of reference to one of the gifts that I got you last year. Uh, don't worry, it's not sex hell. <laughs> Um, so I actually picked you up Halls of Torment. Ooh. It was running off of the back, I would say, to some degree of the success of Vampire Survivors. I have actually showed you this game before, so I think that you are aware of it, even if the name doesn't immediately ring a bell. This is a kind of bastardized child between Diablo and Vampire Survivors. Yes, I do remember you showing me this. And I think that this one, due to the kind of retro nostalgia of the Diablo look, combined with the awesome gameplay of Vampire Survivors, with its own unique twist on it as well, I'm pretty sure that you're going to have a great time with this game. Well, I loved Vampire Survivors eventually, when I learned how to play. And knew what I was doing. Amazing yeah, game. Yeah. So if this is anything like that, I'm sure it'll be great. This is actually uh, like Lethal Company. This is another game that's currently in early access. Um, although I think this one is due to come out of early access fairly soon. And I think that the fact that it has its own twist, the fact that there's a bit more of a quest-based focus on this game, apparently you'll actually be fulfilling quests and earning experience through doing things like that, as well as your typical arcade style scenario. Okay. I think that this one uh, has some interesting stuff in it. Sounds like it's got some legs. I'll certainly be looking forward to checking it out. That's very, very kind of you. I have got you one final gift. This is the one I'm, I feel like I should be dreading. Well, I don't know, man. Full disclosure, as you you know, we were talking before this and uh, I did have two for you and I was potentially thinking, okay, we'll stop at two. But then I was scrolling and scrolling and I instantly went, oh yeah, I'm getting you that. Okay. <laughs> right. The way that you say that doesn't make it sound good. Sounds like a punishment. That's a matter of uh, <laughs> opinion, I suppose, whether you think it's a nice present okay. or not. Okay. Whether I'm kind of like uh, a sadist or whether you're a sadist. Yeah. Well, you have a really high opinion of me, which is nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you haven't exactly talked up this uh, this procession of games, <laughs> or at least you said that the first one was uh, was your sort of gift, and then now I'm worried. Mind you, I think that the second one Maybe is Maybe I was just playing you. <laughs> What do you truly think in your heart of hearts? I feel like you bought me uh, Mr. Furry 2. Wow. Okay, <laughs> cool. It's not Mr. Furry 2.0. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Damn. I mean, oh, thank God. No, the final game I've actually got you is one that I was talking about earlier this year on the podcast. And it's one that I thoroughly enjoyed, but it, I, it's not for everyone. Okay. Uh, Will, I've got you the Technomancer as your final gift. So you have a really bad opinion of me for no reason. Well, no, I'm putting that one on you, man. You uh, you made it sound like I was about to get, uh, yeah, another another kind of like litany of, of perverse games. But Technomancer, thank you very much, man. That is a game that I have been very interested to try for a while. You did talk it up quite a bit. And this is kind of one of the early Spiders games, right? So I think that it would be a cool chance to see where the kind of DNA began if I ever do go on to play some of their later games. It's the one before Greedfall. So it's not like early, early, but it's not recent. Well, I mean, if I ever get around to playing Greedfall, it would be interesting to see just where sort of some of the strands of thought went in terms of the game design. It's a game I thoroughly enjoyed. I love Spiders, as you know. See what you think about it. If you enjoy the Technomancy, there's every chance you'd probably enjoy Bound by Flame. Mars Warlogs, Greedfall, and the rest of them. See what you think. Thanks very much, man. Now I'm looking forward to playing all of those games. Thank you, thank you. No problem at all. See, it must be this whole Santa curse thing, man. I'm just getting being nice. I'm just getting you nice Feeling gifts. Super. Oh man. If I was my wow. new, if I was my usual self, you would absolutely have gotten like. Um, Definitely getting elf sex dungeon. But here we go. Here we are. Okay, man. Well, it sounds like the gift giving is truly over. Thank you very much for my gift. Absolutely gifts. no problem. Thank you very much for my gifts as well.
So with all that said, I, I think we're pretty much done with this episode. I hope listeners have had an enjoyable time listening to us prattle on about what's going on this Christmas and uh, trading a few gifts between us. Yeah, not talking about sex games for half an hour like we did last year. Yeah. <laughs> Not talking about games very much at all, actually. This has been a pretty games-light Total Pop Mode episode, but um, hey, that's what you get with the Christmas special. We've now both got some new games to go play, so there'll be plenty more games to talk about in the new year. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Okay, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure I hear Shaman Bro pulling up outside. You ready to be unsantified? Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. Okay. I'll go let him in. Hey, Shaman, bro. Hey, Good to see you. Long time no see. Yeah, tell it, tell it. No hard feelings about last time, right? <laughs> die, die, nice one. <coughs> ho, ho, ho. Season's greetings. <laughs> Do you see the problem now? Do you think you can help him, Shaman, bro? I think that was a yes. Although I have to admit, my Shamanese is a little rusty these days. That's good enough for me, man. Let's get this thing going. Okay, Shaman, bro. What do you need this time? Okay. Okay, pines from a Christmas tree, cloves, a string of tinsel, sherry. Ooh, sherry. Not right now, James, just wait. And the final ingredient. Oh, god damn it. Why is it always blood of a virgin? <laughs> Fine, just get it over with. Are you sure this is gonna work? Okay, you're the expert. Okay, James, have a few swigs of this and make yourself comfortable. And, uh, Shaman Bro, take it away. Okay, man. I think we're done. Are you back with us? I I think so, man. I mean, do I look back to normal? Almost. One sec. Much better. Oh man, I'm so relieved that's over. Mm. What do you mean, more or less? Uh, Shaman, bro? What's going on outside? <laughs> Dad, where, where'd this storm come from? What's that moving outside? Is that... Something coming out of the ground over there. Oh, God! Shaman, bro, what have you done? It's coming towards the studio, man. Lock the doors! Lock the doors, Shaman, bro! What the f***? Oh, 
Santa. Look, I, I mean, it's not like I don't appreciate the work done. It's just, was there any way to make him look less decomposed? Okay, fine. It's just, I'm not sure Zombie Santa is going to go unnoticed. No, hang on, man. This could actually work out. Think about it. Hardly anyone actually sees Santa on Christmas. He arrives down a chimney, drops off the presents, has a little snack, and is on to the next place before anyone notices he's there. This might be okay. Oh man, Santa's looking pretty... vacant, and... I'm pretty sure his nose just fell off. Ah, we can truss him up a little bit before we send him on his way. I guess so. What do you think, Shaman, bro? Send him in demon! Alright, I guess it's settled then, but it's not exactly how I wanted things to go. It's going to do for now, at least, I guess. Well, I for one am just happy that it's no longer my responsibility to deliver all those presents. Speaking of, if we want Christmas to actually take place this year, we'd better let Zombie Santa get on with it. He needs to get back to those elves to get them working again. It's crunch time for them. I suppose so. You're right, man. Maybe I need to lighten up a bit. I guess... We did save Christmas after all. That we did, buddy. After all that, I think it's about time we closed off this festive Christmas special for another year. Okay, fine, yeah. I agree. Um, just to say, one last thank you from all of us at Total Pod Mode. We hope you have a fantastic day, wherever you guys are, or however you choose to spend it. And we'll see you all in the new year. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas! Jack Frost nipping at the 